You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. The opinions expressed by guests interviewed in our podcast episodes do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Joey Cagle, Joey's Totally Tech, or anyone associated with the Joey's Totally Tech podcast. Do you remember the old days when 8-bit computers booted right into a programming interpreter like BASIC? Well, there's a Linux distribution much like that today called Snakeware. Today, we will interview Josh Moore, the creator of Snakeware Linux on Joey's Totally Tech. September 14th. It's the first episode of season two. I hope you're all doing well. If you're listening to this episode on the exclusives at joeystotallytech.com slash exclusives, the interview in today's episode will be unedited beyond a few mistakes that I made and audio issues that were corrected. And it will have no ads on that version. And you'll get a full interview as well. The free podcast, however, will have pre-roll ads if there's a cross-promotion, as well as mid-roll ads. And there will be parts of the interview edited out for the free version of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, check out joeystotallytech.com slash exclusives. That's the paid version of the podcast where you support the podcast. That helps us out a lot. You get full interviews unedited, as well as some extra bonus material, ad-free versions of the episodes, including the news and commentary, and episodes like this. So, check it out. Joey's Totally Tech dot com slash exclusive also we have the new tech line you can ask your tech questions by calling 980-999-0-T-E-K that's 980-999-0835 that's the tech line for joey's totally tech ask your tech questions also give any comments you may have on any episodes or you could just call up and say I'm so-and-so, and you're listening to Joey's Totally Tech. So, you know, do something like that. That would be awesome. We could play that on each episode. Maybe not that same one, but we can randomly put in your voice or some other voices that say that like that. And now, on to the interview with Josh Moore, the creator of Snakeware Linux. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Joey's Totally Tech. This is your host, Joey Cagle. Today, I'm speaking with 
the creator of Snakeware Linux. He's a Python programmer, C and C++ programmer as well, and Java. Currently a student at Rochester Institute... I'm sorry, Rochester Institute of Technology. Joshua Moore. Joshua, how are you doing today? I'm good, Joey. How are you? I am great. So we're going to mostly talk about Snakeware Linux here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, if you'd like, first of all. Yeah, so I, I'm, like you said, I'm a student at Rochester Institute of Technology. I, uh, I've been programming for pretty much since I was maybe eight or nine years old, and I've just always had a lot of fun programming. And uh, yeah, that, that was one of the things that led me to make Snakeware. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I noticed that you had mentioned that you're kind of influenced by like the Commodore 64 and other 8-bit computers of that era, which loaded right into uh, basic the basic interpreter. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking at my uh, Commodore 64. It's right there. Uh, they're, they're really awesome. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a reason that, uh, you know, before the Raspberry Pi came along, the, the Commodore 64 was the most sold personal computer of all time. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's my favorite computer of all time. If I'm to be honest, I don't currently have a Commodore 64 right now. I had one years ago. I had to sell it because of financial reasons at the time. Uh, I have an old VIC 20 down here, and as well as another VIC 20 that I have a Raspberry Pi in, which I oh, uh, yeah, I use it kind of as a Commodore emulation system. It's pretty cool. So uh, that's really cool. I think that somewhat answered the first question a little bit here. It was what inspired you to create Snakeware, but that was only a partial answer to the full question. Where did you get the idea from? We've got that really. And why did you name it Snakeware? To me, it seems pretty obvious. But if you want to give the listener a reason why you create, why you called it Snakeware, that would be great. Well. So for for what actually led directly to the creation of Snakeware, I uh, I was pretty bored during this quarantine, obviously as we all are, and uh, I was I was surfing GitHub, and I stumbled upon this guy's. Uh, he wrote some documentation on how he makes basically like a bare bones, minimal bootable Linux flash drive. So all he puts on it is basically the kernel, BusyBox, um, and just some uh, like basic directory structure and config files, and then obviously installs Grub to the flash drive, and that's it. That's all you need. You have bootable Linux. Uh, and so I tried that, and I thought that was wicked cool. And so I said, all right, what what else should I put on top of this now? <laughs> that's, this is a distro to me. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and so that's that's where it started. And for the, the name... Uh, well, it was uh, just Python, Snake, <laughs> throw where on the end, kind of like Slackware. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of where I figured you got the name from, because it's Python. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, is it based on a particular Linux distribution, or did you just create it from scratch? Um, well, it, when, I, when I first started out, it was kind of like I said, uh, where I was... Um, I was just, I wrote some bash scripts that would uh, just automatically write um, like the kernel and like some of the BusyBox components and uh, the Python interpreter to a flash drive or an image file. 
which was a pretty naive approach, but that was how I was doing it. Uh, so yeah, it was totally from scratch. And then someone else came along after uh, Snakeware started to get, like some people started paying attention to it. Uh, and he had experience creating kind of embedded systems like this. And he suggested to use BuildRoot, which, uh, which is working way better. Awesome. Uh, just curious, when did you start this uh, project exactly? I think you said it was at the beginning of the quarantine, right? Uh, well, it actually, um, I think it was in about mid to late May. Yeah. So, yes, it hasn't even been around that long, really. And yeah, people no. are already paying attention to this, which is really cool. Um, I know you're the main person behind Snakeware right now, but others, I assume, are starting to make apps for it, too. How many people are you aware of uh, that are developing for this operating system? Well, there are about, um, on our GitHub, there are about 20 uh, total contributors. Uh, but there are really, there are probably somewhere in the range of six or eight people that are, uh, I guess you would say, consistent contributors. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, are there any particular apps or projects people are doing for Snakeware that you find particularly interesting right now? Yeah, there, there's a lot. Uh, it's wicked cool. Um, people have, people have, frankly, made apps for Snakeware that were way cooler and better than the ones that I cooked up. Uh, um, uh, there, there are a few people. Somebody made a uh, like a really cool 3D maze, a first-person 3D maze uh, in using uh, Pygame and Pygame GUI. These are not 3D libraries, uh, but they they made a 3D maze, kind of a Doom-style 3D maze-type nice. game. Uh, where you can, Yeah, they, they wrote their own little Raycaster in, uh, in Pygame. Awesome. That's really impressive, I think. So, yeah, Snakeware's only been around for a short time, uh, but I see you've made quite a bit of progress so far. Uh, what can you do with Snakeware right now that you would like to share with everyone? And what are we hoping we could do with the future, um, the, both the near future and the distant future with this operating system? Okay, um, so so right now uh, it, it boots directly into the, the Python interpreter. Uh, and from there, you can choose to load into uh, SnakeWM, which is our, our window manager we wrote using Pygame and Pygame GUI, uh, the, those libraries. Um, so you can boot into that. And you can you can try out uh, the, the the apps we've made. We have a lot of games. We have a lot of tools. Uh, you can you can draw your own desktop background. You can use our, our dynamic kind of animated background system. Uh, and we also have a number of games that people have written. And when, when you've finished trying out all of those, then you can write your own games and you can send them in to us. Right. Yeah, I've been trying out the operating system a little by itself. It's pretty cool. I've played a few of the games on there. I haven't done a whole lot of programming with it. I've got to refresh myself with Python, really. I haven't done much <laughs> with it lately. So I was in the process of learning it a little while back, but I've been focused on so many other things myself. So what have been some of the biggest accomplishments with the development of this operating system? Also, the biggest challenges you have faced so far 
as well as the biggest challenges you foresee ahead? I think um, when we decided to stop using, uh, because for the first, for the first, uh, I guess, couple weeks, we were using what I talked about before to generate snakeware images. We were using kind of my uh, clobbered together bash scripts that would put together a snakeware image in stages. Uh, and it was really difficult to uh, modify that process. And it was difficult to add more Python packages. You would have to really get in there and uh, you, you, you were just having to write a lot of bash and change a lot of the existing bash to change how the images were generated. Uh, so when we decided to switch to build root, that really, uh, that really advanced us quite a bit because, uh, we, I mean, now in order to add a package, you, all you have to do is just write a couple config files, throw them in there and that's it. And we can, we can generate, uh, snakeware images for pretty much any platform. Uh, really that, that was probably the most important decision we made was to switch to build root. Okay, cool. Uh, so, and, and what was the uh, second part of your question? I'm sorry. Okay, so the bit that was the biggest uh, accomplishments, uh, also the biggest challenges that you have faced so far, as well as what you foresee ahead in the project. So, the biggest challenge that we're facing right now is um, we we really want to get. Uh, we really want to get, um, I guess, internet connectivity going, uh, which the, the the problem with that is we need we need a DCP DHCP daemon and some some other utilities that there isn't really a a Python um, there aren't really good uh, like existing Python libraries or code that we can use. Uh, so we we have to make some decisions like do we want to compromise and say okay we'll use we'll just use the uh you know the standard like dhcp cd program that exists uh and use that for our uh for for dhcp or do we want to try to write our own in python and what would the performance implications of that be right on so our and so yeah so that's uh it, and we can, we'll be able to do it it's just uh something to think about um as we move forward yeah, it could be a good opportunity for some uh, Python programmers out there that are wanting to get some work in and add something to their own portfolio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned in one of your videos that people said you were, quote, gimping the operating system. Why do you think people are thinking that? In my opinion, you're essentially creating your own operating system, kind of like Android. I mean, Android's based on Linux, and um, you're just having the Python interpreter as the initial front end. In that case, is it Android gimping the Linux operating system too? <laughs> yeah. Well, so a lot of the a lot of the criticisms that people have, uh, I, w I was really surprised by the number of people that uh, started talking about this. Uh, there, frankly, there are a lot of people out there that probably know more about Python and Linux than me that have been talking about uh, this and the, the criticisms that they've uh, they've kind of put forward are, are valid. Uh, they, um, some of them are, were a little nastier than others. I think that they, uh, I think that they, 
didn't realize that we're doing this pretty much for fun first and foremost but uh um but yeah so with python and to base the entire operating system around python there are a number of uh like valid criticisms and probably the main one is related to performance uh you python is known for being very slow right and uh but and an even bigger problem than that is what's called in python you have the global interpreter lock which uh basically it makes true multi-threaded programming uh pretty much impossible in most cases uh which is uh just something that we need to address and but it's been fine so far <laughs> yeah I, I haven't had yeah. any real performance issues that i've been noticing but i know that interpreters oftentimes they're slower than running complete machine code <laughs> Yeah, and and the thing is that um, most of most of Pygame and most of the, uh, I guess the most performance critical parts of Python are written in C, uh, so you you do get pretty much native execution speed in most of the performance critical aspects of it. We'll be back with more of this interview with Josh Moore after this message on Joey's Totally Tech. you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash jttepidemic. That's bit.ly slash jttepidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. Or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash jttepidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. We now return to this interview with Josh Moore on Joey's Totally Tech. Um, so you created your own window manager, which is SnakeWM, which from what I understand doesn't rely on X11 Zorg. Is there a reason you decided to do this? And I think you explained it partly already. Uh, rather than using X11 and something like the Qtile uh, window manager, which is also based on Python. Or written in Python, I should say. So, it was mostly that I just wanted to try something different. Uh, we part of the decision to uh, not use X11 is that I just wanted to see what I could do without X11. 
And so when I found the, there are so many um, like uh, user interface libraries for Pygame. Uh, it was really, it took me a few days. I tried out a bunch of them. I kind of evaluated them against each other. Uh, but what I ended up settling on was uh, Pygame GUI, mostly because it's, uh, it's still very actively developed and it's, uh, it looks nice too. And so, yeah, so I pretty much just configured Pygame to draw directly to uh, flash dev slash FB0 instead of, uh, you know, windowed mode. And, um, and that's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the main awesome, reason. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I figured that was probably the reason reasoning behind this. I think there's something to like doing something like that yourself to show our, there's that sense of accomplishment, you know what I mean? Yeah, that I know what you mean. And I think yeah. that uh I think that people from what I read on uh I guess Reddit and stuff and other places that people were talking about this uh that was one of the things that they thought was cool was that we were trying kind of different stuff. Maybe not, maybe probably not that, definitely not better. Uh, maybe better in some ways, but it's different. It's fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've played around with Linux distributions and used Linux distributions for years now. And I don't know, to me, it's like, the Linux desktop has gotten kind of boring in some ways because they're all using X11. It's all GNOME or KDE or whatever window manager, tons of window managers to choose from, of course. And with that itself, I probably wouldn't get too bored, but it's really like the same thing over time. And I like seeing something new. And I think that's what I like about this project so far. It's something different. You're not uh, getting a typical Linux desktop. You're getting an environment to just go straight into programming Python in. Uh, so how much demand do you think there is for a system that boots straight into a programming interpreter like Python or BASIC? Is it something that you think would be popular among programmers and those wanting to get deeper into computers? Or do you think it's more of a novelty type operating system? That, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting to think about because... Um... I'm, I'm actually not totally sure what the... I, I'm sure there could be some kind of practical application. Uh, it's it's mostly been novelty so far, and people have been like, ha-ha, look what this, uh, you know, this idiot's doing. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I think that there could end up being some kind of uh, practical application for it in... Uh, well, because Python gets used... Uh, like extensively in um, science and research areas for for machine learning and other kinds of uh, data processing applications. So maybe uh, on some of their you know big iron computers, maybe it would be beneficial if uh, they could just boot directly into a Python environment instead of uh, you know instead of the overhead of uh, some other distro that has a bunch of stuff they don't really need when all they're using is Python. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, Linus Torvalds, did he expect Linux to become as big as it is now, you know? 
It's like, you never know. So, um, I could see this being pretty popular, particularly in the education market, where you're learning computer programming and computer science. Um, was that... I know you said it was probably just created for fun, but do you think that could be an intended target going on in the future of the operating system? I, I think so. Uh, we were, um, we put in a lot of effort to port Snakeware to the Raspberry Pi 4, uh, and it runs. Um, it runs, uh, in most cases, just as well as it does on desktop. Uh, because the Pi 4, if you, if you get the one that has like four gigabytes of RAM and you over, you overclock the, you overclock it to like 2100, that's, I mean, that's a low end laptop. <laughs> so, uh, they're really amazing little computers. And so we, we put a lot of effort porting it to the, to the Raspberry Pi 4. And we were, go, we were thinking about like, uh, kind of putting together and distributing our own kits, uh, like Pi 4 kits that come loaded with, uh, Snakeware instead of uh, Raspbian or Raspberry Pi OS or uh, what they whatever they call it. Um, I I think that would be interesting, but I think we need to develop it a bit more before it's ready for that. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. I like that actually. Of course. Yeah, because uh, oh, go ahead. You have uh, in 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 Python you have you have GPIO libraries that that work on the um the the Raspberry Pi. Uh, so that'd be wicked neat to just, you can just boot into, uh, your, your Python environment, uh, import, you know, the, the GPIO library and you can just start messing with your pins right there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, uh, final question, where do you see Snakeware in, let's say five years from now? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I've, I've been really surprised by, uh, by how many people were, were interested in it so far. We, uh, I, I think the the first like week week and a half the our GitHub had like uh, sixty thousand views and however many thousand like clones uh, and obviously it's died down a bit since then but there are still people that are like joining like the Discord that they set up and uh, like contributing ideas working on their own little things to try to merge in it's it's really sick and I think that uh, obviously we've kind of we've pulled back from that crazy hype the the first you know couple weeks. And so now we have, it's just a few of us that are still throwing ideas around and just kind of chugging along. I think in in five years, uh, we, we could have like a more fully developed like Python ecosystem. And like, I, I think before five years, we could end up with a an actual usable Linux distro that's based on Python. Awesome, yeah. I look forward to seeing uh, what comes of this operating system over the next, uh, however long, but the next year or so, five years or more. That would be amazing. Thank you for joining us today <laughs> on the podcast, Josh. And um, good luck with everything. And thanks for joining us. Awesome. Th- thanks for having me. And this has been Joey's Totally Tech. I will catch you next time.